Hello and welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name is Dominic Mercurio, and I am here with Laura Weinbach. Thank you. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing Happy good. Happy to be a guest on the show tonight. I absolutely refuse to speak one one single word or even a sound until you say hi happy to be here or whatever it is that you're going to say for the evening um so that's what i was just waiting for i just wanted to kind of clear that up clear the air um but you did speak a word (laughs) no but not until you spoke your words upon me saying laura weinbach you know what i mean you know like the gap i'm talking about Uh, so i i say like blah 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 exactly you said blah 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 blah. (laughs) fair enough okay well look hey we're live on twitch youtube and facebook right now um if you're listening to this later on podcast feeds you can always watch us live uh give us a follow on any one of those i suggest twitch personally it's twitch.tv slash totally tell me um and if you are watching live feel free to uh comment and we will see those in fact i'm reminding myself i don't have the chat up so i'm gonna bring the chat up but if you comment we'll see your comments uh we'll incorporate those into the show as we go um yeah i mean normally we do have a guest i guess i should say that because that's totally throwing me off right now normally right. we have guests on this what are we show talking but... about what do we do <laughs> i mean how I think do we, we just... even relate to each other at this point <laughs> i think i just slowly slink out of the room and then we just leave slink. it up for two hours yeah slink Ooh, i like the idea of you slinking out of something really i mean did you ever well, have a slinky it's kind of fun as a kid, uh, yes, I did have a slinky. In fact, I had more than a slinky. I mm-hmm. had multiple slinkies. Right, because you lose them. They but to be down. a human slinky is another idea. <laughs> right, right. Not well, dissimilar know, from the human cheese-filled pretzel, but that's well, another story. Uh, <laughs> wait, is that a story or is that just a series of words that you just put into the ether? A little bit of both. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, fair enough. Um, so, you know, yeah, normally we have guests on this show. We'll discuss one film. Um, we are going to discuss a film later, which is called Deliverance, which is the 1972 classic um, kind of thriller, horror film. Um, and uh, we are also, though, going to discuss something that very much just happened, uh, just wrapped up less than 30 minutes ago, I would say. And that's the Oscars, uh, the 2021 Oscars. Um, so we're going to get into that first. That'll be kind of like the first half of the episode amongst, you know, our usual tra- trials and tribulations, tri- trials and errors. Um, those will be mixed in, you know, just as we go. But, uh, oh, Jared Floyd says, not going to lie, being from the South, I'm really just here to bitch about deliverance. <laughs> well, Jared, I hope that you uh, stick around for the second half of the episode because... We'll get into it. We'll get, and I, we'd love to hear your bitch sesh, um, or you know, I mean, I just speak for myself. I guess I don't know if Laura wants to hear it or not. Maybe she doesn't. I'd love to. Love to. She'd love to hear it. Um, but you know, first up, the Oscars. Uh, Laura, what would you think of the Oscars? Didn't love them because <laughs> I didn't watch them. <laughs> no, I know that and you didn't. I didn't care either. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I guess that was a bit of a bit of a setup as they say in the biz um but uh because i already knew that you didn't see it and i'm here to fill you in don't you worry um you didn't miss much i mean that's the first thing to know (laughs) wait so did they even like do them in person or was there a live audience there or how did it work yeah i mean there it was like a much smaller thing it was like um 
I don't know. It looked like a room of maybe a hundred people <laughs> or something. What like which celebrities were there? Anyone like uh, the classics? Like they Meryl got Streep? they got the classics. Actually, Meryl Streep. Did I see Meryl Streep? She's like a definite, you know, classic I mean, person to be there. Okay, I, I Jack will Nicholson, Nicole Kidman, the typical people. You know what? Didn't see no. any of them. So I saw Glenn there? Close, Francis McDormand. I think it was oh. potentially just the people nominated. I couldn't okay. be sure. I, I didn't look into like what, what it takes Glenn to get Close into in this. Recently, uh, she was in something I think this year. Um, oh. Was she? I don't know. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But um, but certainly Frances McDormand. I mean, we saw the the film. It was Nomadland. That was up for a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, so I don't really know what it took <laughs> to make mm -hmm. your way into this very prestigious, um, you know, Academy Awards ceremony, but. Glenn Close squeaked her way in regardless. I don't know if she was in something or not, but she uh -huh. she slinked her way it's right part into of the, the academy. <laughs> um, um, I saw Laura Dern posted an Instagram pic of her, you know, getting her nose swabbed to get ready. So it, she was there somewhere, though I don't recall her on camera. And I should just maybe note that I missed the first hour. <laughs> okay. You know, like, I mean, come on. So you missed the red carpet fun. I certainly missed the red carpet fun. I missed um, fashion show. I missed multiple <laughs> awards. Uh, best original screenplay I missed, which I was actually kind of curious to. I mean, I mm. now know what won, but um, you know, uh, <laughs> Chris Flieger in the chat says, "Any slinkers in the chat ready to slink? I'm a slinker from the south." <laughs> from the south? Are, uh, are you in the Where? south right now? Or, yeah, he's not. Oh. Are you? Is Chris from the South? He's not from the I South. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he grew up right darn over well over here. Right. Up in the North. <laughs> California. Um, well, when Chris was last on the show, though, I believe he was beaming in from the South. True. True. So perhaps True. He, let us know, Chris, if you're still in the South. Um, if you're coming in hot and live, hot and heavy, slinking on in from the South. But um, regardless, we're going to keep on trucking here. Um, I mean, I guess I'll just, I mean, should I just let you know, like, who won or whatever? Let I mean. me know. <laughs> let me know. I'm not going to go through every single one. Oh, sorry. What was that? Did you want to say what who that was? That original song? I'm pretty sure that was by SWV. SWV? Wait, or was it? No, Aaliyah. Aaliyah sang that song. <laughs> Oh, Aaliyah with double let A. Let me know. Let me know. Yeah. It's a good song. Double A, double A Leah. Uh, you know, you stick those double A batteries it's a -L -Y -A -H. in. A-L-Y-A-H. It is the A-L-Y-A-H. I, I think it's... It, okay, no, no, no. She spells it in one of her songs. You're talking about the singer, Aaliyah, right? Yeah. Two A's. Yeah. Two A's in the bit in the in the first part it of her is? name. Yeah. A A A A L I Y H. So it's the double A L Y. It's the double A L Y A H. That's how the song should go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, my mom is. She doesn't know uh, how to spell her own name, I guess. Right. Oh. Uh, my mom is chiming in to say that Glenn Close was in Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, I didn't mm. see that. So there you go. So I, I believe I maybe. I think maybe it was just like nominees or whatever. All right. Well, wait. What was Laura Dern in this year? Good question. She was in everything last year. <laughs> right. But I don't know. I just don't know. Um, 
Whatever. I'm sure oh. there were non-nominees that were there, too. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe just, just a little smattering. Um, yeah. Chris, Chris is saying in our chat, uh, Saudi Arabia now, <laughs> but I grew up on the Florida slash Georgia line. You're, he's a southern boy. Oh, I guess that's true. Wait, why did I think he was from the Bay Area, though? I mean, his parent, your parents live here, though, right, at this point? Um, they live in, like, Marin, right? I thought. Okay. While he, while we're waiting for that, Jared is saying Hill, Hillbilly Elegy was actually a pretty good representation of the South. <laughs> so I guess that's a 2020 oh. film that we could check. <laughs> it's kind of funny that we watched um, something that really is a hillbilly. Delivery boy. It, right. We watched a different kind of Hillbilly Elegy. Delivery boys. <laughs> hillbilly Elegy. It's a 2020 <laughs> film, but I'm just curious who directed it. I'm just looking that up really quick. Um, but it was up for some oscars uh ron howard ron howard oh that guy um it was nominated for best actress in a supporting role okay so anyways um i guess i should fill us in now uh so i'm not gonna go through them all but best sound went to sound of metal which i was excited about i know maybe you not so much but that's fine i I really loved that movie your reaction loved it is it's fine it's fine fine (laughs) i guess i mean it's like i guess obvious wait what was there was a movie i saw recently that i thought the sound was really good in, but what was it was it something we watched for the podcast i think so and i remember thinking that the music was really good and sound was i don't know i can't remember anymore uh well the other nominees were greyhound mank soul and news of the world sound of metal one um Hmm. i thought sound of metal had a pretty cool unique sound design um obviously there's not a ton of sound but like this uh or i guess it's not loud you could say but um there's a lot going on i feel like that's pretty unique in it um uh let's see i'm gonna skip a few here we'll go to best production design went to mank um sure you know i mean it looked it looked great it did look great Uh it won it won over tenant uh, Moraney's Black Bottom, which I love saying, The Father, <laughs> and News of the World. <laughs> Man, I didn't see like any of those except for Mank. Yeah, Did I guess you? I saw Tenant. Um, oh, Tenant. Wait, what was that about? Or ten- Tenant. I always say Tenant, oh, t- but I mean Tenant. The uh, wait, what Christopher was- Nolan. Um, oh, film wait. That came out action what film. Was- oh yeah. Wait, what happened in that again? <laughs> 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 um, it's kind of, I mean, to it's hard to summarize, like many of his films, but it's kind of like a cerebral action film where it kind of involves time going backwards and forwards at the same time. It I guess results I didn't in watch some pretty that. spectacular action scenes. Um, oh, okay. It was pretty good. I don't know if you would like it necessarily, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, I'm sure best... it's not as good as Speed. No, no, it Go was ahead. not good. It was not as good as Speed. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe what better is? written, but um, not Impossible. as fun. Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> best going. best uh, film editing went to Sound of Metal as well. It won over Promising Young Woman, The Father, uh, The Trial of Chicago 7, and Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. <laughs> oh, and by the way, let me just bring in um, a couple chats that we got. Uh, Chris said, yeah, my parents moved to Marin City because... Uh, where do you go to retire when you're already in Florida? <laughs> oh. um, and then, well, yeah. 
Carwin Davy said, "Hello, you's just tuned in. Got to run. I'm busy." Right. Well, I mean, I guess high and by then. Um, best cost. Yeah, I'm gonna skip a few. Best cinematography went to Mank. Pretty. Okay. You know. Wait. I feel like there was another movie that I thought had really good cinematography that we watched. Recently. Oh, so many. I mean, what was, I know. What do we watch? You know what I want to. You know what I want to do right the, now. I, make a list of all the stuff we watch. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I I, I already do that. Um, I know, I know, I should be doing that, but, but I just forget to fill out the old letterbox. What is it? Letterbox. Yeah, thing. you got yeah. on Letterboxd. Letterboxd. And I haven't used it once. Yeah. Well, you did use it the one single day. I might have used it the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you used it one single time. But not one since. Um, yeah. We've talked about Letterboxd a lot on this show, but it's a it's a site where you can kind of log everything um, and rate movies. And I mm. use it religiously. I basically put every single film that I see on there so I can kind of look back and have a running diary of all the films that I watch. Um, and, you know, I talk about it on the show so much that Laura signed up. And, you know, obviously we became friends on there. And I was really excited to, like, get a little inside peek into maybe what Laura's watching, you know, before we kind of catch up on these shows. And, uh, you know, I go to her profile and I see that she has put in many a film, actually, that first day. And I was like, wow, she's really using this. This is awesome. I can't wait to see her next moves. And um, still waiting, really. Um, perhaps someday move number two get on it. will drop. <laughs> waiting for the drop. Um yeah. All right. Best cinematography went to Mank. I mean, I do think it was beautifully shot. I'll say that much. Yeah. If it did anything extremely well, it was its cinematography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Best original score went to Soul, which you watched, right? Or did you? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see that. It. No. Hated it? <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I wouldn't, like, listen to the music from it again. Really? Do you know that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did that? For Soul? For Soul? I did hear about that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And John Batiste, apparently, as well. Yeah. And they also did the music for uh, for Mank or whatever. They did, they're but... Like, they're just like the hottest, you know, movie music people <laughs> around right now. It's insane. I mean, but make, Mank, to me, makes more sense um, because it's a David well, Fincher film. And he's been doing every David Fincher film for like a decade at this point. Uh, well, yeah. Soul, mm -hmm. though, I could be wrong, but I don't think he's done anything besides a David Fincher film. Uh, when I say he, I mean Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. Atticus, Atticus Ross. So that was oh, no, a he's... real curveball. <laughs> well, as they're far just as... like, they're just in the mix right now. And I think they're in demand. And so like, they're probably just taking all the big shit that comes their way. I know, but that's <laughs> crazy. Because that's well, like such a left field. I feel like it's, but it's actually not completely dis different from Mank in the sense that they're both like in the jazz world, and so maybe he's trying to like play his hand at that a little. Mm, or okay. they, I don't know, I don't know. But honestly, it, it wasn't. It's not like bad. It's just not the most appropriate choice, I would think, for mm. that genre. But hey, more power to you. <laughs> Have fun with it. Uh, best. Best visual effects also went to Tenant, uh, Tenant, um, and I mean, sure. I actually think that did have some pretty amazing visual effects. It was a lot of uh, practical stuff, which I enjoyed. Um, the action scenes were not reliant too much on on CG, which is always really exciting. Extremely rare these days to not only have a uh, action film that isn't 
superhero based, but um, you know, also relies a lot on some, you know, physical, cool, you know, fight sequences and and car chase sequences. I mean, pretty memorable stuff. Um, best adapted screenplay went to The Father, which I did not see. Did you see that? The Father. Yeah, with Anthony Hopkins. Can't say I did. <laughs> Nor did I. Um, but it won over uh, Nomadland and Borat's subsequent movie film, uh. which, is, which is interesting. Huh. Wait, for what? Uh, best Adapted Screenplay. Oh, okay. And I'm okay. thinking, hold up. What was Borat's subsequent movie film adapted from? Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like what? <laughs> adapted from the realities of from our real world? Life. Or... <laughs> Is like is that what Actually, that means? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, he's, he, certainly they wrote that movie. You know, like there was right. scenes there was, written. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's kind of weird, don't you think? I mean, what's up with that? I don't know, dude. I don't know. What do I look like? Some kind of fucking expert over here? Look, I just put out the questions and I seek no answers. <laughs> do a podcast that claims to have the right to review movies in a legitimate way, which is simply not the real case here. Um, uh, anyway. be best original, <laughs> best original screenplay. Really, I'm not qualified for any of this. Uh, what? <laughs> best original screenplay went to Promising Young Woman. Um, it won over Sound of Metal, Minari, uh, Judas and the, oh. and the Black Messiah, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh my god! Wait, did you see Minari? I did not. Did you? I no. Let's do that for an episode. I want to see that. Yeah, I'm curious about it. Um, I would be very much down to check it out. Um, it's mm -hmm. an A24 film. I believe it just came out like a month ago or something. Right. Uh, oh. Which, by the way, I know that they extended the um, like the cutoff date. I mean, for one, the Oscars normally oh, don't Oscar? happen this late. They're normally in in uh, February. In March. Oh, February. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Maybe they, they are. Started. In... No, they were in March like a long time ago, and then they started doing them in February like several years ago or something. I think. Like, they oh. made them happen earlier, not, like, that long ago. I don't know. Uh, Taylor Taylor Rankin, who's been on the podcast before, a friend of mine, he just uh, chimed in and said Trent Reznor and Atticus uh, also did Waves, which I did not know. So I assume you're talking about the old, uh, what's his name? The dude who has three names. That dude, that director. Oh, but Waves uh, had a lot of... Um, um, to, 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 Paul not Paul Thomas Anderson? Not Paul oh, Thomas Anderson. Wait, I don't he's know. A, what's he, Waves? <laughs> Waves uh, is, is well, <laughs> it's the director of It Comes at, it comes at Night's next film. So I'm sure you were just, you know, I'm, I'm sure you were just there more. day one. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, so he directed It Comes at Night. He directed It Comes at Night and... Um, he directed this, Waves. Uh, okay, so Taylor is clarifying that the not pop music stuff. Yeah, okay. Because there's tons of pop music in that. Uh, just yeah. like, you know, modern indie weird stuff. Uh, but I guess they he, that uh, Trent Reznor also did that. So, look at that. Um, best original screenplay, though, for Promising Young Woman. Thoughts? Just whatever. <laughs> it's just the bar is not very high at this point is it yeah it's hard to say i do feel like this year is just well, weird it's just a, yeah it's a weird year 
It's. I think. I mean, look. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> um. I have. I'm not. I'm no authority here. <laughs> <laughs> um, My opinion doesn't matter. It does not match the masses. So it's like anything I say, most people won't agree with it probably. Oh, wait. That's I, how I feel. I think, though, that this is notable. Best original screenplay. I think um, I think I was seeing that this is... Oh, no, no, no. Uh, never mind. I'll get to that in a second. There was a couple notable things um, for, for, for women coming up real soon here. But... Um, Let's move on to best supporting actor. What do you What do you think of that? What do you think uh, of the best? No, I, th- I think. Um, well, look. I mean, I haven't seen three of the five. So Nor have I. I only saw Promising a Woman and Sound of Metal. I mean, if you if you ask me, I preferred Sound of Metal. But yeah, I, don't I would really even know if venture so far as to say I would even venture so far as to say Sound of Metal was probably a better movie, a better screenplay. Than... Really? Oh, I thought that you weren't. I didn't love I wasn't but like you know in a kind of more like a academic sense or or whatever <laughs> like it was kind of better you know what I mean like in in like an Oscar sense or whatever like I just feel like Promising Young Woman is not an Oscar worthy film it's just it's to me it's like a pulp you know fun free for all that was well trying to be make a it was like i don't know i mean it had like a serious message or whatever but then i just felt that the execution and like the overall yeah just product was not oscar worthy on like many levels (laughs) or on any level it was just a fun it was like a fun sit back and relax type of movie but it wasn't i didn't take it seriously you know what i mean Mm -hmm. not serious enough to give it an oscar for crying out loud but well, at the same time, Oscars, what the fuck do they mean anymore? I yeah, know. I mean, what the fuck do they mean anymore? And yeah, also, it's like, no. um, I don't think a film has to be serious to, to win it. I mean... No, I'm not I, saying it has to be a serious movie, but I didn't think that the movie was a, is ser- a serious movie in the sense of it being, like, highbrow enough. You know what I mean? It was just very kind of... It didn't have that... I don't know. It just felt... Somewhat mean, thrown together in a lot of ways, to be honest. You know what I mean? Especially in terms of the screen. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the plot and I don't know, just other things about it. And I mean, probably the screenplay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I agree that it was pretty uneven, personally. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. thought it reached <clears throat> some pretty great highs. Um, there's really memorable scenes in it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there was some awkward. There's memorable stuff too. scenes in like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but I mean, I'm not gonna get that an Oscar. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I there's guess... fun movies out there that are really fun, you know, popcorn flicks. But it's not. So... I just I used to think the Oscars meant something, you know, and mm-hmm. if I'm still talking about a, a prestigious award ceremony in that same spirit, I wouldn't include a movie like Promising Young Woman in, a you know, a, an award-winning. Ca- category mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it's just not it's it's the first film of the director right she that was her first movie yeah but I which think is cool that's that's exciting to me no it's exciting I mean good job and you know exciting and all but it just it didn't fe- it felt a little bit like a first movie in a way you know mm-hmm. what I mean and that's okay but it just it, it's not <laughs> the best <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that's what these award ceremonies ceremonies are supposed to be about you know being all prestigious and whatnot or whatever and it just felt like it was very much i think that 
I, it seems it feels a little bit more politically it just seems so obviously politically driven as opposed to just like quality or whatever you know what i mean so do it you doesn't mean, feel I don't do you know. mean like on i mean it sounds like you very specifically mean on the scale of the oscars but not on your personal scale like on your personal scale would you say yeah. that it, it's worthy of a, a, a best original screenplay no okay okay so it's both yeah <laughs> yeah okay all right um but you know i didn't really love like any movies that came out this year anyway so what am i talking about <laughs> yeah well we did yeah, our top 10 remember. we did our top 10 in uh what did I january say my top, what was my number one <laughs> ah, funny funny you asked i actually still have our oh, um <laughs> i still have our card that we made so actually oh, if you're if you're watching the show i'm gonna pull this up um it's gonna kind of break the screen a little bit um but you can actually see uh this is this is, these are our top tens Laura's is kind of obscured by a glitch that's going on with obs because i didn't really set it up for this show but um we both put portrait of a lady on fire oh yeah now <clears> that, that yeah one. that was a good movie hell yeah I thought, oh that was you know, an incredible that was, movie that was a real <laughs> piece of artwork that was well constructed i felt you know what i mean i mean it was just it was a product of good craftsmanship mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's what i felt yeah, you know, I would have loved like to promising a seen... woman is not really, to me, indicative of like expert level mm -hmm. craftsmanship or like uh, you know something that is clearly run through years of experience and refinement and like you know what I mean where you feel like you're getting something that's coming from an artist that really knows their craft. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like I don't know. There's just something to be said for something like that when you feel like you actually experienced that kind of level of work workmanship. I'm looking at our top tens, and at least for mine, I would have loved to have seen a nod for um, First Cow. I, f I, I feel oh, yeah, like I I'm kind of that. surprised that that didn't get something, because I feel like it does have a sort of appeal for the Oscars, you know? It's um, uh, it's uh, it's like a slower-paced, very character-driven, extremely gorgeous, I think really well-written um, you know, very kind of contained story, uh, mm. which really often seems to appeal to the Oscars, but it didn't get anything. I think that would have been a great thing to throw in here. Um, a lot of my other stuff is like stuff that I love, but I understand why the Oscars wouldn't be recognizing it. Stuff like Kajillionaire, I'm Thinking of Ending mm. Things, uh, Swallow. Actually, Relic. would have thought I would have thought that I'm Thinking of Ending Things would have gotten a little more praise on the Oscar tip, even in like the independent section. <laughs> But yeah, yeah I don't like, know. Even I, though I, yeah, I mean, in m much later retrospect, I have more respect for that movie than I initially did. <laughs> <laughs> I um, see that because th yeah, that was I, a, I, a heated episode <laughs> of Totally Tell I Me. Know. <laughs> no, but I do think that I could see that one getting like a lot more respect and, you know, public admiration than it, it seems to have gotten considering what. Well, from what I understand, the nominees were for the best picture. I don't know what won still, but um, yeah, I, mean, I would have, I don't know. It just seemed like it was going for that kind of thing. I mean, it, I don't know if it was going for like a best picture type of thing, but it seemed like it was, it wanted to be taken seriously for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think it expected probably, well, I just don't know. I have no idea. I hear what you're saying though. Um, before we get to the next one, uh, Lamp, Lampeskna on uh, Twitch, I don't know if that's like your name, I don't know what's going on there, but um, they're asking, do you guys like Dino Nuggies and Mac and Cheese? So maybe we can answer that before we move on to our next um, 
Oscar winner. I'm going to put in Dino Nuggies. Dino? I'm guessing that those are chicken nuggets shaped like dinosaurs. That's just my guess. Okay, yeah. Nothing comes up and for Dino if Nuggies. so, I'll love them. <laughs> um, um, I, I'll say yeah. I'll say yeah to that. I'll say yeah. What? You don't even know what they are. I just looked. I just googled. So now I definitely wait. Are they are they chicken nuggets shaped like dinosaurs? They absolutely are. I knew it. I didn't know that. Actually, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just guessed. Uh, I'm gonna pull them up on. Uh, I'm gonna have to cover you for you a second. Totally just guessed. But uh, for our for our viewers at home, there you have a dino nuggie. Um. Also known uh, as dino yeah. nugget. I'll eat those. I'd eat it. I'd fucking um, eat that. I Hell yeah, hell yeah. It. That's exactly how I imagined they would look. <laughs> That's like a fun. nugget with two little nugs coming out of it. I'll tell you this much. Yeah, Even yeah. my adult age, I'd rather eat a nugget shaped like a dinosaur than a nugget shaped like a fucking... Like a nugget? Just, just a nug, you know? Just I like wouldn't. A, just an oval-shaped nothing. Dude, have you had a McDonald's nugget lately? Because they are good, I must say. I haven't had McDonald's since I was... I believe 14 years old. Dude, get off your high horse and I eat know. I know. I ha I'm I, telling you. I did find a really delicious chicken nugget spot in San Francisco, though. Um, I could try and pull no it up. No nugget but... like a McNugget. <laughs> <laughs> there is of... no nugget like a McNugget. What sort of sauces are they offering, though? Sauces? Oh, they got all kind of a plethora of sauces. A myriad, as if you will. They got that sweet and sour. They got that BBQ. They got that honey mustard. They got the motherfucking honey ranch mustard. up in there. They got the motherfucking blue cheese out there. Thank. I think they have more sauces in other countries too that I will not name because I do not know every sauce that exists in every other country. But I can tell you this: there's a countless myriad of sauces out there. But the only one that's worth anything: <laughs> so sweet and sour. Happen. Sweet and sour. <laughs> that's my humble opinion. Okay. It's well, a must. Hmm. And they go really well with fries. I have to say, McDonald's fries are kind of unbeatable when they're hot off the grill. Okay. Okay. Again, I, I haven't. I can't seem to find any fries that are as good. Again, anymore. I haven't been able to just screech my high horse to a halt, <laughs> dismount, and grab them myself. But um, perhaps someday I will uh, indulge in Next all that. Tour. Next tour. Next tour. Could happen soon. <laughs> Not that um, soon. I would say ranch actually is uh, no. disgusting oh, okay. for for well, chicken nuggets. That's to me the worst option. I don't. I don't, I don't love a ranch that you that you just list, list it off. I, I'm not opposed to ranch in other forms. I'm opposed. Oh, you're opposed. I feel like ranch is for people who are like are uneducated. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I mean seriously, it's true. I think I think I mean um, because it's like why would you choose ranch over all these other good flavors? You must not know what the fuck is up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you must just not be like intelligent. No, I'm just kidding. Well, there's I'm also docking. bad ranch and good ranch, you know. Are is there? There is. I don't know about all that. Truth be told, whenever <laughs> I have a piece of like iceberg lettuce with a little bit of ranch on it, oh, that's good. I'll eat it. I'll Hell eat yeah. it. I it's won't good love on it. salads. But you know what's kind of good though is blue cheese. Even though I don't love it, I like it. Oh, I much prefer. I I will just fuck. No, I mean with the cream. You'll cheese. fuck with it. I know with the blue cheese. I'll fuck with the cream a cheese too. Roquefort cheese is great. No, but it's it's funny. Like I never would buy blue cheese dressing like it in this day and age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, 
as a kid, I thought it was the most disgusting thing ever. But now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about one of those like iceberg wedges, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, those wedge things. Oh, yeah. And they're kind of like a light drizzle with a light drizzle of blue cheese on it. I could dip my teeth into that right about now. I feel like I got on board blue che- blue cheese um, at a young age. I, I it swept me up into its its grasp. Um, my mom was... like my brother liked it, but I just thought it was so gross. See, I was when I was young and uneducated. Mm-hmm. I liked ranch. <laughs> yeah, I once went to and a then party. I my lesson. I once went to a party. And you know everyone was eating their blue cheese, and um, and and they came over to me and they said, Dominic, if you want to be cool, you gotta eat a eat this blue cheese and, and some blue cheese. And uh, you know, I said no. I my mom said that I shouldn't touch the stuff. She um, did. You know, we had we had dare. Your mom at our told school. you don't touch the stuff. She's like, I, look, and, if look, you ever come across blue cheese, don't touch the stuff. Okay. Dare the Dare program was very adamant. Do not touch the blue cheese. And then there I was. I I huffed that blue cheese down. Uh, my eyes dilated. My they rolled back into my skull. And then from there on out, it was I was a blue cheese boy. Um, it led to other you things. You were a down blue road, cheese but... basket case. No, that's that's an entire lie. I I was shocked, shocked and odd that you believed me for a second. I didn't. Oh. But I was trying to visualize. I was trying to visualize for the people out there who were wondering <laughs> <laughs> what that might look like. Right. Uh, Cara Hayes, what's up, uh, says, how do you feel about Caesar dressing? Caesar? Caesar. I love it. <laughs> Little Caesars? Pizza, pizza? Love it. Two, two pizzas for cinco stellares? No, I mean, great. look it. Honest to God, I do like a little Caesar's pizza and I do like a Caesar salad. You know where the, You know what has really good Caesar salad? Hmm. I could like you know no all jokes aside. <laughs> um, Don't. CPK, California Pizza Kitchen. Wow. Okay. That okay. place is good, guys. Oh, uh, I mean the pizza can be a little bit of a cardboard situation. Wrong. Eh, <laughs> you're <laughs> off. You're off. No. Uh, maybe you're, it's the ones I've oh, been to, but oh sometimes cardboardy. California Pizza Kitchen's like the original wood-fired pizza, <laughs> which is a total lie. But um, no, seriously though, they are really good. I'm not even joking. It's very good. I don't even know how you could possibly think they taste like cardboard. Is there a thing maybe to you get haven't there? had it right? What is there like a thing to get there that maybe I didn't get? Just a regular pizza. Uh, well, actually, you know what I think is the best deal is the kids' pizza. It's just like a pepperoni pizza, but the the crust is so good. It's it's just very good. I don't know what else to say. I don't. I don't personally go for the crazy topping ones like, you know, mm. Thai kitchen or Thai chicken yeah. or whatever and that kind of thing. People try to do that, think they're getting all sophisticant or whatever, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. I think if you just get a straight up, you know, caprese pizza or just like a what do you call it, you know, a margarita mm-hmm. pizza. Yeah. Or a cheese pizza or pepperoni, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. You get that and you get a Caesar salad. It'll work. That'll work. And they give you that bread. Mm. Okay. Look, maybe I got a bad batch, but I, from, from my deepest memories of a CPK, I only conjure up um, a sort of, you know, like a, like I chomped what? down on the pizza and it was. What was are like, you? That's, this is wrong. Yikes. <laughs> maybe they fucked Wait, up. When did you go there? And are this, you sure it was CPK? 
this had to be damn near a decade ago. Damn near a decade. Okay, so you could be recalling this incorrectly, as you've been known to do with other restaurants. Oh wait, what other restaurants? I don't know. Like I, I don't like, deny like Jimmy it. John, but... Like a Jimmy John. A Jimmy John's. Or I don't know. <laughs> I believe the saga of the Jimmy John's um, (laughs) concluded with with me actually being correct. (laughs) (laughs) The people out there have no idea what we're talking about. Just to brief them ever so quickly. We were on tour and uh, we came across a sandwich shop in the middle of nowhere. Not fully in the middle of nowhere, just like some town in California. And I didn't recognize the name of it, but I saw the picture on the outside of the window and it was a picture of a very good looking submarine sandwich with a very unique looking soft top bread, smooth top, I should say, a smooth top bread with a really well textured bottom part of the bread. And just the fillings were just very crispy and delightful. Anyway, I got a sandwich there while the rest of the band stayed at Starbucks and they all were pretty jealous when I showed them that sandwich that I got. And it was amazing, and I've been looking for that place ever since, but I did not happen to document the name of the place. So I've been kind of guessing what what that place was for the last two or three years. And um, I but tried I it. Recognize. I, I think I at least tried it, or you gave me a half, or I like, or and you rec- I just and you acknowledged you, it was very good. It was very good. Um, or yeah. I just like got my own after you got yours or something because of your like very intense um enthusiastic enthusiastic response you were like it was "Mm." so good (laughs) it was was, like uh, a superior sandwich it was was forceful (laughs) it seemed like a chain but i had never seen this place before so i for you know for basically several tours after that i'd be like man let's try to find that sandwich place again and then Dominic was like, I think it was Jimmy John's. I was like, I don't think it was a place called Jimmy John's. <laughs> and then I thought maybe it's like Ike's or wait, what are Jersey the Mike's options? is another Jersey one. Jersey Mike's. I was no. like, I think it's Jersey Mike's. And then, and then we I, went to Jersey Mike's and yeah. it just was not it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Jersey Mike's is like, it's just a small step. And I know this is controversial to you, but it's just like a small step above Subway, meaning that honest, it's not good. Subway is pretty good. I know that's why that's why I said I it was going to be controversial to you because I know that you like Subway. I I well, hate Subway with a passion. Why do you hate? That's with not a pa- even like, a sandwich what can you, to me. What can you hate about it? There's not. Everything. It's like it's. it's <laughs> why? It's just simply what it is. There's nothing wrong. I can go with into it. this. You know what? I'd be happy to go into it. First, right. the ingredients. They're trash. They're old. They're like. Not, okay. No, they they that's, ain't fresh. Not okay. always, not always. But we can even forgive that. The bread, I feel like the, the loaf of bread, you oh. could, I could easily, easily with my non-existent muscles, take that bread and smash it into a ball this size. You could do that with most breads as no, long no, no. as they're not like 10 days old. No, 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 no. This isn't like a freshness factor. This is like a, this is like there is nothing in that bread. It's like a fluff. Oh, it's like air? Oh, it's I like, like an a, airy a bread. fluff of nothing. Well, no, it's not. That is simply not. You know what it is? You know that, that Subway used to actually cut out a chunk of the middle of the bread so they could put the filling in it. So, you know, it's interesting. They sure? changed the, yeah, here's what they, Subway used to actually, I prefer their old method. They used to take the bread, the loaf, and they would cut a sort of triangular strip 
out of the top and pull that out. And I think they may have even dug out some of the dough from the inside, which I'm fine with because they're filling it with the fillings. You know what I mean? Now, well, I think as of like 10 years ago, they changed their ways and they did not do the triangular cut on top anymore, which was a much better way for securing the ingredients inside the sandwich. Now they just simply cut a freaking slice on half of it and then they open it up, put the fillings in. So half of the fillings are kind of like spilling out of the side, which I find to be rather irritating. It's very irritating. That's not places a well-made always, sandwich. Places always change for the worse, I noticed. Like, I don't know. Do you remember that place Pomodoro that used to exist in San Francisco? It was so good. It, oh, because no. you weren't there. Okay. Pomodoro was this like kind of independently owned Italian restaurant in san francisco mm-hmm. but they had like a few of them around town kind of like la boulange mm-hmm. and it was so good they just had really good pasta for really cheap really good fresh ingredients really good parmesan cheese you know like it was all real wait then they got bought out pomodoro it was, yeah, it was yeah it was called pomodoro and now they it's a chain and you've probably yeah, seen it okay it's horrible yeah it's the crazy chain like is awful i had that it's once awful and i was like you don't this- even know this is like Play-Doh it or used something. To be amazing. I know. <laughs> it's like as if they they expect people not to notice the difference in quality. I mean, it's like so vast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not it's not the same restaurant at all anymore. I mean, it's crazy. They don't even have real Parmesan cheese. It's crazy. It's this is what happens when people go. You know, when they make changes. <laughs> well, they obviously sold out. But anyway. Anyways, best um, supporting actor. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> no, actually, here's what I'll say. Um, let us know Cara what you think said of... she got a job at Subway once and quit the first day. <laughs> I like that. Okay. But, so I had I a need... friend who worked at Subway and he got free sandwiches all the time. What's to complain about with that? Can I just... Oh, one well, last sure. thing about Subway. I really do think it depends on which Subway you go to because I actually did go to a Subway kind of recently and I admit the lettuce had some dark green pieces in it and I did not like that. Well, of course it matters. it was supposed because... to be crunchy iceberg. Yeah. Well, it's like a mega franchise. So like it matters so much who's running the individual restaurant. It matters what little twerp twink is making your sandwich, you know, like there's (laughs) so many factors at play that like you can't possibly expect like a high quality So then why are you saying that they all suck? Then you shouldn't be saying that they're all bad. Well, because they moderate from the absolute worst sandwich I've ever had to like, (laughs) this is edible. (laughs) You're being racist. (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> absurd. Okay, I need opinions on Subway. Um, Subway. If you're watching and you have an opinion, let us know what you think of Subway. Are you are you yay or it's, nay for Subway? I mean, it's fine. I just think it's fine. It's not like a maze core, as they say, but it's like whatever. <laughs> maze core. Wait, as they say, who is they in the maze core? Just the general public. Okay. Public. But, I mean, look, public. we can agree on this. It's no jimmy john's which is what we realized the sandwich place was that i think we came across when we were on tour that time mm-hmm. and you know truth be told jimmy john's it ain't easy to come by there aren't a lot of them around where we live in these parts i mean there's i don't even think there's one in the bay area i think there's one like the the nearest one is somewhere near walnut creek or something like that Could be. i don't even know i mean you've clearly done way more research than <laughs> J- jimmy research. john's yeah, Jimmy John's, right? Because even I'm yeah. getting confused as we speak of them. Um, what do you mean me... you're getting confused? Well, you're between Jimmy knew. John's and... Like... I know, oh, yeah. I know. There's one right here in... in it's just right in smack dab San Francisco. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> just goes to show that everything I say on this show means absolutely nothing. 
Just cross the bridge wondering. on your way to my house. <laughs> grab a Jimmy John's. Really? Hey, hook it up. I mean, it's right yeah. on Market Street, apparently. Um, oh, that sounds way too difficult to go to. Actually, anything just on off. Market Street, I'm just like, forget it. I'm not going. I do. But hear you know that. what, though? My second vaccine shot I got last week, so I will be fully vaccinated as of Thursday of next week. And guess what I'm going to do? Um, I'm going to go to Subway. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I am going to go to the place I've been wanting to go to this entire freaking pandemic, which oh, is. Can I, can I guess? Can I guess? Mm-hmm. Korean barbecue? Mm, wrong no? country, buddy. Wrong country. Oh, not Korean barbecue? Oh, Japanese barbecue. Yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> I knew and you were talking you about this. You should come with re- me. Uh, I would be down, but I oh, but got my second shot on Wednesday, so I won't be fully vaccinated uh, until two Wednesdays two from weeks. that, which would be <laughs> well, we can, May I can 5th. wait a week. I can. Um, oh, may the 5th be with you. May the 5th be with me. Um, but... Also, then I immediately go on vacation with a few other vaccinated friends for like four oh, days. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> but once I return from that. That is all you kill. Well, yeah. Okay, wait. Um, I love that we're just like making plans live on <laughs> in our podcast. But no, okay. At some point, you and I need to go to the Japanese barbecue place. I'm down. Because I actually discovered that it's there's one that's open now in Oakland, really close to here. And I always thought it only existed in San Mateo, but they opened a new location, the restaurant that I want to go to. And it's very good. I mean, it's quite good. It's pretty good. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) And you're going to like it, too. Uh, Look, I'm I'm very down. Uh, Cara wants to know if we felt any side effects. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, okay, I not off after the first one. It was I was basically fine. I mean, my arm was a, a little bit sore, but that's how it is with pretty much every shot I've ever gotten. Um, Moderna, by the way? Or Pfizer? No, I got Pfizer. What did okay. you get? Uh, Moderna. Uh, you're out. <laughs> but go that ahead. What, what was you saying? No, I, I, I thought it was good. They're the same. I think Pfizer is the best one, probably, which I got. Okay. Um, <laughs> of course you would think that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I got the second shot last week, and I was warned. I was forewarned by various uh, sources and people. Mm-hmm. that it would be very bad, that it would be intense, and mm-hmm. that I would have hardcore side effects, maybe. Um, but I was, you know, hopeful that I would be different. So the day I got the thing, it was not nothing to report. And then the next day, 24, like pretty much exactly 24 hours later, it kind of kicked in. Mm-hmm. And I started feeling sort of tired and mm-hmm. weak. Mm-hmm. And my arm really hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, I just was like, oh, my God, am I going to be in for it? Because not only was I not feeling good, but I was in Yosemite <laughs> the first day of my trip to Yosemite, which was something I'd been anticipating for a while. Oh, my God. Um, so I was like feeling really bummed. And then um, I woke up the next morning from that. So it was like 24 hours later, I felt these symptoms, was not feeling good that whole night. And then I woke up at like 8 a.m. the next day and I felt great. That's good. It was completely over. Like I didn't have any other symptoms after that. So I hear that Pfizer, yeah. for the most part, seems to have pretty light symptoms. I mean, from I've heard other people no. anecdotally. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like more often I hear of the crazier shit happening with Moderna. No, really? Not like cr- nothing crazy, but just like getting sick in general. It seems I don't know. To be My friend Moderna. said that she got like she had feverish symptoms and was really you know out of it for like multiple days after her second shot of Pfizer. 
Hmm. But so what about you? Uh, first shot of Moderna, I got pretty tired, but that was like the main thing for me. Obviously, sore arm. Um, but I mean, I didn't really feel much beyond that. It was like, I was just kind of tired for like two days, basically. Or oh, tired days. for one day, and then the next day was like kind of in a fog, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, second shot, though, which I just got Wednesday, I uh, that night, I <laughs> started feeling real sick um Mm. and like not nauseous not like i was gonna puke or anything but just like i started getting chills i was like full body aches it felt very much just like i got Mm. the flu you know Mm -hmm. it i Mm -hmm. felt feverish i didn't i took my temperature and i didn't have a temperature but then later on the night i felt even worse but i forgot to take my temperature so i don't really know if i had so it was like multiple nights of not no no just it was mainly just that one night um oh but I was like, I woke up multiple times throughout the night because I was like sick. Um, Isn't that such a bad Josh feeling? Too. Like yeah, I haven't yeah. felt like that in years. And so to feel that sensation of the flu or kind of that feverish feeling, it really made me think about what it must be like to be on your deathbed. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I just thought. Is, I mean, COVID has put many people the, there. I know. You know. No, I mean, it's a feeling of of like wow this is i feel so sick and like i could it was almost like not being able to remember what it felt like to f- not feel sick you know what i mean when mm-hmm. you're there it just feels like oh man am i ever gonna get better i mean i was course, dreading it you know logically it's... i knew i would get better but i also felt like man what if this was it and you know what i mean you just this is how you're gonna feel and i don't know i just felt sorry for anybody who has ever had to feel like that and then it didn't go away i mean yeah so, definitely but uh I mean, I've certainly felt worse. I'll say that much. It wasn't like insane, right. no, but too, it was, but I mean, it was like a moderate know. flu. Uh, and then the next morning I felt terrible too. Pretty much that whole day I had like a headache. Um, and it, so I didn't really feel great until like, I would say 48 hours after I got it. And then I was like mm-hmm. feeling, you know, like I could function well, pretty normally. Like, yeah. Same. Like when I, well, I mean, not, not that mine lasts as long as yours, but like when it when when it was not happening the next day it was almost like it's like i got a second chance at life <laughs> not that i was getting a second chance but it just felt like wow i it's it's as if it never happened you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it was amazing but uh, i just saw a, a, a comment that cara hayes left and it was yeah. kind of funny she was talking about when she worked at subway and after she quit the first day she said i found the owner kind of crusty <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I would not like to be working under a crusty owner. I can tell you that much. <laughs> also, shout out to DJ Real really who's like watching. Oh, hey. Uh, he said Japanese barbecue is dope. It is dope. And I'm trying Let's to get Let's go get, get some all together. Maybe. Try to get, that'd be fun. I don't know. Maybe we need to like be careful or whatever, but we should totally get Japanese barbecue. As just well, we should certainly of, be like, careful, indulgent. but I know, he's, I know he's well on his way to being vaccinated as well. Maybe Good. he's even had both. I'm not sure. But no, I know, but in. I mean, like, Nick. at what point are we going to just be totally fine to just, like, chill with amongst, like, whatever, whoever, you know? I don't well, know. Well, you're good to... I'm sure I'm still going to feel... The CDC says that if you're hanging out with... If you're fully vaccinated and you're hanging out with other fully vaccinated people, I yeah, mean, you're basically, probably... like, you're good, you know? You're I know, but, to, like, going like, in to put, but, like, going to a restaurant even is, like, you know... Uh, Nick clarified that he, he did get both. I got both BB, he says... <laughs> Baby, uh, baby, nice. baby. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, Kara says uh, the bread was better than that guy. 
the bread was, the bread's not bad guy you guys it's are terrible. tripping dude it's, it's not terrible. terrible you know what bread is terrible imho as they would say um <laughs> togo's again. bread i do not like togo's bread that is way too crusty in my in my humble opinion i don't All like right. a thick ass crusty ass bread i want actually like a fluffy soft bread to be honest on a subway sandwich. i mean as a subway to be honest i'll say this subway's bread used to be better I think they got worse when they tried to be a little more fancy, if you know what I mean. Like they got all Italian style on that shit, and it was like, oh yeah, it's not all as bad good. though. But it's it all was better bad. when it was just when it was just straight up white or wheat. I like that much better. <laughs> Nick uh, Nick commented something that I think he's told us in person before because I remember this strange fact. But apparently, the bread uh, in uh, in the UK, the bread at Subway is classified as cake. <laughs> I love that idea. I, ass- love I that assume idea. because like oh maybe it has God, high sugar content that. or something, mm. or well, or it's like too like, fluffy to be considered bread. <laughs> what what cake is like so fluffy that it's like more? I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think it probably has more to do with sugar content. Look at there's Could all be. kinds of great fluffy breads out there. Haven't haven't you ever had challah? Or Hawaiian bread or, you know, like... Uh, oh, Hawaiian bread, though, is, like, meant to... I mean, I love Hawaiian bread, but it's, or like, what about a... a uh, what do you call it? You know, um, you know, a brioche is all about I mean, I fluff. love a brioche. So yes, then don't but... talk shit about fluffiness. Talk shit about the sugar content, if you must. But the thing is, I'm fine with a good sugar content. You know why? White bread has a purpose in this world that fully functions and does its job. As a legitimate bread form. <laughs> okay, I mean, have you look, not ever had Wonder Bread? Uh, yeah, it's I've good. had Wonder Bread, but it's what not. What do you think for about me. Wonder Bread? Uh, no, I think like, when I was a kid, I liked it, but now it's just like it just doesn't really register in my brain as bread anymore. Like I wouldn't. Like eat I'm trying it. to get that whole grain. You know what I no, mean? No, I want a whole grain too. But like, there's a time and a place for a Wonder Bread, just mm-hmm. like there's a time and place for a Subway bread. Like, I'm not saying I want to have a Subway loaf with, like, a bowl of homemade cream of mushroom soup or something like that, or, like, a crust soup or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I would be happy to have a Subway loaf with a Subway sandwich. (laughs) And I I would be happy to have a piece of white bread, of Wonder Bread, with a cucumber and mint sandwich with, like, cream cheese and sugar and butter. I mean, yeah. That sounds good. It works. It does does sound good, doesn't it? But But you see what's too much for, for Wonder Bread is when you're putting when you're just smearing peanut butter and jelly all over it. Oh my god, because do you know what? Is it's really just good? like a dessert at that point. You know? Well, why wouldn't you want that as a dessert? You're right, it's a dessert. And I know, it's a but good I one. guess I'm thinking about like making my little PBJ as like a quick little A PB and J sandwich is a dessert by like inherently. No matter what kind of bread you have it on. I mean I suppose so. Do you know but... how fattening peanut butter is? It's also carcinogenic. <laughs> the thing is though you know what's really good? <laughs> Somebody I know used to have in elementary school that you just reminded me of, and I think I'm going to try to have this soon ASAP. ASAP. Mm-hmm. ASAP. Peanut butter and marshmallow whip on white bread. Oh, God, that sounds awful. What? On bread? It's not... Yeah. Wait, you're going to put the whipped cream on bread and just eat No, that. not whipped cream. Marshmallow. Okay, marshmallow cream. You know? You know what that is? Okay, like, yeah, like that thick, the thick stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. With peanut butter? And it's peanut butter flavored? No, no, no. You have peanut butter, and then you also have the marshmallow whip. Okay. And then you put put that that on white bread. 
piece of bread you're gonna eat it okay <laughs> <laughs> it's so good no this girl i knew in elementary school she used to have that for lunch her mom made that for her for freaking lunch her that That's was like her main course it was amazing it's amazing i guarantee you people anybody out there listening you should try it and you will never go back all right speaking I'm of going back going i think back. i think we should make all our right, way back the to Oscar. These. <laughs> let's just wrap okay, up this oscar talk what else do we care about <laughs> Um, Sorry, keep going. Go all ahead. right. Best Supporting <laughs> Actor went to Daniel K- Kaluuya uh, for Judas and the Black Messiah, which I also didn't see. Didn't um, see it either. So I can't really comment. All right, let's though just he, get to uh, Best Actor, did, Best Actress, and Best Picture. Who is Best it? Director went to Chloe oh. Zhao for Nomadland, which was notable oh. because she is the second uh, woman to ever win uh, Best Director. And the first, I believe, was last year. Um, for something. <laughs> <laughs> was it not Parasite? Wait, Parasite didn't win something, did it? Like, that wasn't last year anyway, though. Or was it? Did it come out in 2019? I don't remember. Um, Maybe. oh. Oh, no. Uh, Catherine Bigelow for, in 2010, for The Hurt Locker. Did not see that. Was the only it. time. Oh, wow. Uh, in 93 years <laughs> that uh, a director uh, a woman director has won uh, best director so that's wow. notable it's pretty exciting wait was was promising young women woman nominated for best director uh let me see best director the other nominee yes it was um so actually yeah that if she had won that also would have been uh the same thing um so best director could have gone to Thomas Vinterberg for another round, David Fincher for Mank, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, or Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. But Chloe Zhao okay. took it for Nomadland. Um, best documentary feature went to My Octopus Teacher. Did you see that? I know it's on I want to see that. I want to see that. I heard it was really good, but best I don't doc. know. Best doc. Well, apparently, according to the Oscars, you didn't. So you best. didn't see that. Uh, haven't seen it, but I actually might check it out now. Right. Oh, you know what movie I really want to see, by the way, which I guess came out last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called. Wait, I think it's called like amazing. Wait, something about mushrooms, <laughs> like amazing fungi, or like ah oh, shoot, I can't remember what it's called, but it looks really cool, and it's about mushrooms. Hmm. Like and I heard it was really psychedelic good. mushrooms. No, well, it's just about mushrooms around the world, like they're just kind of their function in the world and stuff, and like just it looks really cool okay okay we should watch that it's a doc i think it might be yeah uh but it just it looked good wait hold on movie about mushrooms (laughs) (laughs) um um, oh yeah what was it called um fantastic fungi that's it Mm. the mushroom movie yeah oh it came out in 2019 let's do that one let's cover that one i really want to see that let's get like a like a band let's cover that one uh <laughs> okay, best continue. animated feature went to soul what do you think of that right on sick <laughs> Keep going. best support these are the final ones uh best supporting actress went uh to young ye young jung i don't know how you say her name uh but for minari i didn't see it so oh. i don't know who she plays um she she was she probably gave the speech that was like most adorable <laughs> she was like funny and i feel like uh you know personable 
it was like a nice warm warm speech i like that uh best original song uh, i don't even okay best actress went to Frances mcdormand for nomad nomadland i don't know that about would, that. i mean look it is what it you know what that makes some sense in a way it's like she was going for that <laughs> you know i know I mean? but but like i mean it's a little annoying but it's like you know i'll say this much my number one disappointment with that is that they didn't show the poop scene as her you know um as her at her as her, her, as her real you know yeah <laughs> right that had the francis mcdormand for nomadland <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what i, I was mean, hoping for she's definitely going for an oscar like win you know every mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. but uh, oh actually which, i meant yeah. to i meant to mention too for best supporting actress um she won over Maria Baklova for um, Borat's subsequent movie film, which I would have loved to have okay, seen Okay, I win. would actually say, I feel like that actress probably deserves the, the Oscar in all truth, you know what I mean? Because she did such a great uh, job of acting. Yeah. I oh, mean, that totally. was like an amazing feat of talent right there to do what she did. Yeah, I agree. No, and I, it wasn't like she was like trying to win an Oscar, you know what I mean? She was just doing a good job, and that's... That's the kind of work that I like to see get praise, you know what I mean? And But wait, so, oh, Maria Bakalova was nominated, though? She was nominated for Best well, Supporting hey, Actress. Well, hey, that's, that's cool. That's yeah, that's... That, at least something. That is crazy. I mean, I'm really glad that she got that. Would have been awesome to see I her I enjoyed win. her performance immensely more than I did Frances McDormand's performance. Oh, no, no, not for Best Actress, but for Best Supporting Actress. So Frances McDormand, I confused it because I went back for a second. That makes sense, though. But Frances McDormand won Best Actress. No, 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 Um, I I mean, that would make sense, yeah. But who, okay. Best Actor, or did you want to say anything else? Nah, just continue. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) These are the last two. So Best Actor was uh, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, which I did not see, Um, but I don't know, maybe I'll check it out. I think someone in chat was saying uh, that Anthony 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 Popokins or maybe is it Poopukins? I don't know. Um, said uh, said that he deserved it in the closing scene. Hit was the, was the best acting I've ever seen. I assume is, that's what you meant. <laughs> um, okay. uh, so you know, he won over Riz Ahmad though uh, for Sound of Metal, and I really liked that performance. So yeah, best picture though. This is our final one. Best picture. Um, Nomadland, I'm just guessing. May, yes. No. Oh, Nomadland? Nomadland won. Oh, my God. Wah, okay. Wah. I mean, I think Nomadland is, like, good. I get it's it. Like, I guess. I mean, it's fine. But, come it's on. It's not like a movie I would ever watch again. But, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> These type of things win. Yeah. We did just do a recent episode on it, if you want to hear our full thoughts on that, though. But, um yeah, I don't think you would find um, best picture worthy talk uh, amongst of what we were talking about with that movie, and it won over. In it's case just you're curious, no fun. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it won over Sound of Metal, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Personally, of oh, did those, you I see the? Ch- did you see Trial of Chicago Seven? I watched that I, the other you, night. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was it? It's fine. <laughs> I take that you didn't really like it so much. No, it's fine. I mean, yeah. it's like whatever. Of those, what <laughs> would you have given, if it was only between those, what would you have given Best Picture? Uh, 
wait. So Mank, Nomadland, Trial of Chicago 7. Sound of Minari. Metal. Oh, Sound Minari, of Metal and Minari. Promising Young Woman, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah. I mean, <sighs> we haven't seen some of those, so there's that. I guess I would maybe give it to Mank. <laughs> what? I know, I know, I know. But only because I would expect that type of movie to win. I mean, I guess I expect so that's a just movie what you like would Nomadland. predict to win. Yeah. No, I'm but wondering what you would. But it's like what at least would... it was. What I would. What. Yeah. Minari. I haven't seen Minari, and I assume I'll probably <laughs> like it more than the other ones. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> but interesting. honestly, I didn't like any of them. Well, no, I mean, look, the one that I was most entertained by was Promising Young Woman, even though I would never put that in an Oscar winning category. So, Sound of metal know. for me. Sound Slam dunk. I, mean, I but you know what? Borat's subsequent movie was also more entertaining than all those other movies. Well, but, but if I guess go- it's not about entertainment. It's not about that. I guess. Sure, it is. But that's I why. Mean, well, but to, that's to why I feel like it it's not. No, but like best picture is never about like what's the most entertaining movie. It's always about like what's the best picture. But and I guess I, I would say be, that Mank. I mean, Parasite won last year. And I feel like that was a highly entertaining movie that also was, you know, very well recognized by the Academy uh, in a rare Which term I also of don't consider to be like a best picture movie. You know what I mean? Like it's a fun, entertaining, independent film that I would have enjoyed, but like didn't expect that to win. Like, so do you consider Tarantino's films to be yes. Oscar worthy? Yeah. But like, I feel like those are in a similar kind of vein where they're a lot of times they're pretty just pulpy, fun, just like incredible they're more you know, than that. Well, but I would argue that Parasite is in a similar kind of field. Like it's, I don't think it's as good as a Tarantino Kinda. movie. But yeah, no, I it's think not, it's not like, on, on par it's, with it. It's Tarantino. working in that same wavelength where it's just like. Just but Quentin Tarantino's movies are not scene. just pulp fun. Like they are true examples of like good craftsmanship. You know what I mean? Like they oh, are. Oh, so Oscar is Parasite worthy. though. Parasite's craft was not on the level incredible. of a Quentin Tarantino. I don't feel like it's on the level of. I mean, there were some problems that I, I mean, I, we don't have to get into this, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like Quentin Tarantino movies riff emanate a certain like attention to all aspects of the filmmaking process. You know what I mean? Where you just see it coming through on so many levels. You know what I mean? Like, it's just inherent. <laughs> like when I think of like The Hateful Eight, for example, it's just. I don't know. It's just so good. It, it, there's so many things about it that are so well executed. So, I mean, and from, mm-hmm. you know, on all levels, on all levels, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just clearly like on another level. You know what I mean? I'm and not it saying is, that even though say. it's like, it's not like it doesn't come across as like a mainstream, you know, Oscar type of movie. It is in that level of expertise. I feel like it. it's transcendent. I don't know. I think it's able to like hold its own on on all these different in all these different kind of uh, categories of movie ju- judging. You know, like I think that it stands as a, an example of good filmmaking in the independent filmmaking world. You know, as an art piece, mm-hmm. but it also stands as like a really great just motion picture, even in a mainstream sense. You know what I'm saying? Like it can compete on all these arenas. Like that's mm-hmm. how I feel about Quentin Tarantino's movies, but. Parasite is not quite there for me on that mm. level. It's like more and just more of the independent. To me, it seems like more of an independent kind of movie, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, like, I, 
I love independent films, but it just doesn't seem like it's in the arena of like what you would expect from like the Oscar kind of. I mean, it is saying stuff though. It's like a social satire. It's it's you know well, very yeah, of clearly course it's saying stuff. But right. I don't. <laughs> that's but not. I, it's not like just entertainment is what I'm saying. Like I there is I think a lot there. It's not just like an action movie with just kind of senseless stuff happening. Like there's clearly a message in that movie, you know, about class and. Well, sure, of course and... there. Are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I don't. That's not what I mean, though. I mean, I'm not. What I I'm not trying to say that movies that are just entertaining don't have a message or aren't saying anything. That's not. It's just not. I'm, I'm right. not articulating as well, but I guess I just I just didn't feel like that was quite what I would expect from. I don't know. It's just over the last really like five to ten years, I've been really shocked by what has been nominated in one or maybe five years, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what one, but like <laughs> I just remember feeling like it was not what I used to think of as being the Oscar kind of stuff. But like maybe I it always was and I just never realized it because I was like a kid and I didn't you know, I just I don't know. You just kind of accept things for what they seem to be you know when you're growing up without you know sort of discerning what is what and then uh well i don't know anyway who cares okay great <laughs> nomadland um, nomadland whatever i mean <clears throat> this is a boring pick to me i'm not excited by it the oscars are boring um and occasionally not and this to me is another year of boring whatever with, a, with an oh. occasional not also, uh, just a comment on a, a comment. So, uh, Jared L. Floyd wanted to suggest a movie for us to review, which is The Fountain by Darren Aronofsky. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I actually haven't seen that, and I'm a fan of his work, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have seen it. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if, <laughs> if I should say or not what I think of it. Oh. <laughs> I'll say this okay. much. It's my least favorite um, <laughs> Darren Aronofsky movie. Okay. But I, I love... I love him. So, like, um, you know, my least favorite by one of my favorite directors, <laughs> you know. Uh, mm-hmm. it, he sets himself a very high bar, and so I had very high expectations going into it. And for me, it didn't quite reach those, but I still really liked it. Uh, maybe I didn't really like it. I liked it. Um, but, you know. if you if Jared, if you haven't seen his other films, though, I mean... Uh, and you and you really like the fountain. I highly recommend looking into basically his entire filmography. I mean, it's just hit after hit, uh, in my opinion. Um, but I think we should I think we should move to our uh, movie review. What okay. say you? It's mm. getting getting about mm-hmm. that time. I feel. <laughs> um, so we are going to review. I'm pulling up the uh, the poster here. Deliverance. Uh, 1972 horror film. Um, horror. Well, I don't know what to call it. Thriller. I, thriller. Okay. Well, I would say it's like a dramatic thriller kind of, or just sort of drama. I mean, sure. Adventure drama. I wouldn't call it a horror film by any means. I guess I just say horror because I feel like it often gets categorized um, amongst other horror esque. Really? films of that era like texas chainsaw massacre or just it's funny okay <laughs> like these, that's really interesting um, i like actually these... thought about that movie while watching this again and i thought it was interesting <laughs> i mean but i, I wouldn't categorize too, yeah. them i would not have categorized them in the same genre i but think it, um I... if this came out today i think it 
probably well i mean you know barring some i think the style would probably be different if it came out today and i think i think this kind of film is akin to a like midsummer today where it's like not overtly horrifying but it's like it's more dread based like it keeps you in a sense of dread the whole time now granted like i know that they're different uh but i'm saying like if this movie were made today with today's stylings i feel like it would be more similar to something like um heredity or uh uh what did i say midsummer versus like something that's a little more overtly scary uh that that recently came out you know i mean i can't think of horror movies the conjuring like it's not like a conjuring boo fest or anything but it's no, more but like I a can, simmering i can dread. see how midsummer is like a little more aligned with the horror genre because there's elements of it where you're questioning reality you're questioning is there a supernatural element at play whereas in deliverance there's clearly no supernatural elements at play like that to me that's the one thing that is part of like the horror genre to a degree. I guess it's not always like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not supernatural, but it's like there's these mod. Well, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, whatever. we've had that. We've had sure. this discussion before, well, which I yeah, don't yeah, necessarily yeah. agree with that. But I I hear what you're saying. But I also agree. It's not really horror, anyways. It's like yeah, thriller. I don't feel this is a horror. I feel like it's it's a drama. Um. Anyways, it's directed by John Borman, uh, stars John Voight, Burt Reynolds, Ned Ned Beatty, and Ronnie Cox. Um, but the last two, of, this was their first film that they uh, were in. Burt Reynolds and John Voight, of course, being much bigger stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the screenplay was adapted from a novel of the same name by James Dickey. Uh, the novel came out in 1970, so if you, a couple of years prior to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge success. It got uh, Academy Award nominations, three of them, which See, is shocking to me. Is a t- I was going to say, to me, this is an indication. This is an example of an Oscar-worthy film, in my opinion. Of something that would be like of Oscar-level hmm. excellence. You know, execution. It's freaking... Okay, I'm not even going to say... <laughs> Uh, well, but, we are about to get yeah. into it. So if you, uh, if by the way, if you haven't seen this movie, we're not going to discuss spoilers right out the gate. Uh, first, we're just going to talk about our general thoughts about the film, what we thought of it. And then in a little bit, we'll get into spoilers. I'll put up a spoiler warning on the screen uh, so you can choose to either stay or leave at that point. Um, so with no spoilers, uh, Laura, what did you think of Deliverance? Or Excellent. Maybe, okay. Actually, yeah, just, just go for it. Actually, go ahead. Excellent picture, extreme, I mean, just an example of incredible filmmaking and iconicism. I mean, like, you know, this is a movie that you watch it and you're not going to forget it, you know? I mean, there's so many moments where you're just like, this is going to ring out in my mind for days to come, years to come. And it, it has proven to be such a thing. I mean, it's just, it is iconic and it's really well directed, really well acted. I mean, the screenplay is incredible. And I just love the kind of spatial elements of this movie and just this, yeah, the silence. There's like these moments where I just love the transitions between certain scenes and and just the real like execution of panic and fear and like buildup of, of, of different emotions and kind of, I don't know, I just feel like it captures a really like human experience, but also magnifies it into a really intense place that is, you know, super real and like 
exciting and it's just all kinds of things but it's also you know extremely dark obviously and like disturbing but just a great movie it's a great 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 film i think you know and it deserves the years of recognition that it has gone um i watched it for the first time probably in my late teens i think Mm -hmm. so long time ago (laughs) do you know if you've seen it more than just then and now um I might have seen it once in between, but I it's been years since I've seen it. Okay. I mean this time. So yeah, it's been a long time. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. I think it's well cast. Um and uh just a very fun movie. It's fun to watch, but it's also like a serious movie that is gonna leave you thinking afterwards, you know? It sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music is incredible. The sound design mm-hmm. is great. I just think it's it's just really well done. And um, all the characters are just compelling. You know, they're all really, really engaging to watch. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I also was really struck by how minimal the sound design is. But then like when it is there, it's very impactful and, and really cool. Um, uh, I, I love the use of, of the music as well. Um, uh, you know, it's a lot of banjo and guitar stuff, uh, that they kind of will play back later on in, in other parts. Dueling I mean, banjos. That was the piece that they like featured in the whole thing. Yeah. I was seeing that that was like based on something else or, um, Dueling banjos? It's like a tradition. I think it's a traditional Appalachian piece, but I could be okay. wrong. Oh, God. What if it was written for the movie? Oh, let me double that. Um, but, uh, you know, that that's the, the piece that they that um, is played. It is, yeah. In the it's beginning. A, it's a bluegrass composition from the 50s. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so composed like a, in 1954. Um, but, you know they but, like reprise it several times in the movie and it's just that whole oh, oh like beginning scene um between uh ronnie cox and the like local the boy boy who play- it's just such a crazy interesting scene the com- communication between them it's like i love un- that scene you can't re- like that was a moment of magic that was captured that i just feel like can't be duplicated or replicated because it's like there's this obvious like connection and communication happening between them and then in that moment there's like joy that not only is being experienced by the two of them but everyone around them Mm -hmm. and it's like it really creates this moment and then all of a sudden it's over and it's as if it never happened you know what i mean and then it's like it's just so crazy i don't know i just feel like that was such a cool thing to capture and then kind of explore afterwards you know and sort of the way things unfold afterwards and just that moment where they like see him again <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's like a total stranger. I mean, it just, it, there's so much expressed in that silence, you know what I mean? And that kind of distance that really you feel it. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that's one of those great moments in movie history that is like very rare, you know? And it's very much, um, so <laughs> I should say that I I had never seen this movie before, but I had, um just like through going to film school and i don't know just like talking about film for so long i i knew the song 
um, I knew about this this scene between the two of them. Um, I think I had even seen that scene once before, just like clipped out. Uh, I didn't know where it was placed in the movie though. So when it was like basically the opening scene, I was like, oh wow, this is already happening. I thought this was maybe like something that happens later in the movie. Um, and I and I knew a couple other pretty pivotal scenes that we'll get to later. Um, so like I will say most of the big stuff was spoiled for me inadvertently just through like knowing film history like just being around yeah. film history because uh, this is one of those kinds of movies where it's just talked about so much and people you know, reference this so much that's why I watched it when I did because I remember like there were so many TV shows that'd be like haven't you ever seen Deliverance like it was this weird movie that everybody it re- it was referenced as much as like The Godfather was I felt like. Mm-hmm. in shows and in other movies and like i just wondered why is this so talked about and then i watched it and i was like oh i get it now <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean i i was i was pretty entranced and especially in the beginning like i feel like it's it starts off really strong you like i didn't really know uh where it was going necessarily again i knew a couple pivotal points but i wasn't really sure like how those connect um but yeah i mean it's um I had some problems in in the final act. <laughs> I'll say that much for now. We'll get into it with spoilers. Um, and I feel like, uh, I guess in, in a vague sense, I'll just say like I felt like the pacing was a little strange, kind of weird. Um, I thought Burt Reynolds' performance, though, was great. I thought all their performances were great. I mean, you, you care about these characters right out, right out the gate, and you like want you want to know what's going to happen. You want to... I mean, you want to see their whole story through, and it's certainly very impactful, uh, the things that do transpire, because of how quiet and, like, it is really well-paced, I think, uh, for the majority of the film, in the sense of, like, you know, you're just seeing them on the boat a lot, and, and you're seeing them, like, go through this river that they're that they're transporting themselves through, uh, but, like, you're just kind of there, and because there's so little sound, it feels very realistic, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it feels like, yeah, I mean, this just feels like a rafting trip that you're just kind of on. So yeah. then when some when things happen to them, it feels much more impactful because of those d- And there's not moments. like a lot of foreshadow. I mean, yeah. it, you think that there is, but the things that appear to be foreshadowing what's going to happen aren't actually really foreshadowing them. You know, like, well, we can get to details later, but mm-hmm. when when things happen that are of extreme consequence Mm -hmm. they kind of just happen in a way that doesn't feel like there's a lot of build-up to those moments it's like they're happening and all of a sudden you're in it and you're like oh my god this is really happening and then they're over and it's like the there's not a lot of time to fully realize what just happened until after the movie you're like oh my god like and it feels realistic in that way Mm -hmm. because in life that's probably how things kind of happen you know is like one minute you're here and the next minute oh my god there's like this thing happening <laughs> mm-hmm. which we can get into details later but i really liked how that was executed and we can talk again about the details of what i'm talking <laughs> about later but um i yeah. just i really liked that choice of direction for this movie totally yeah i think the direction also as you mentioned uh, is is great i mean it's like really i, I loved just how it was shot too like the mm-hmm. colors are, are mm. muted and mm. um i mean you know you, you can just really tell that this is just um well well crafted and just thought through um 
the scenery is just beautiful in this kind of uh, dark way, you know, like it, it's it's foreboding and intimidating. But then there's also this like when it is tranquil, it 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 just really it really makes you feel at ease at the same time. Like there it, it, it feels like uh, at any moment it can go either way. And then you, you get to feel both extremes of that, like the tranquility mm-hmm. of the of the river and then like the dread <laughs> of the river that that and the aggression of it the kind of yeah just like ruthless yeah yeah it's like it. yeah it gets overwhelming and suffocating and uh but it's cool like uh, uh that you know it all just is along this stretch of a river you know that it's just mm-hmm. like this adventure that just kind of barrels along um and uh yeah i mean overall i really liked it uh i have a couple things I'll get into in a second here. Um, and maybe we should get into spoilers unless you had other stuff that you wanted to, to, to talk about. And just to say, I think my favorite performance in this movie was John Boyd's performance. I think that his acting was incredible. So nuanced, so good. And like, I didn't even know, I didn't remember this movie very well. I mean, like I remembered certain things, but like I forgot exactly how things played out, you know, watching it this time around. Because mm-hmm. it had been so long, but just... I feel like John Voight's character from the very beginning, there was something that I was compelled by with him, even though his character is not like the more dominant character in the beginning. Like he doesn't seem like he's going to be a dominant character Mm -hmm. from the beginning, but it turns out that he is. And I was immediately drawn to him though, from the beginning, like just the subtlety and nuance of his acting and his understatedness. I just couldn't speak more highly of it. You know, I just feel like, Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good dynamicism going on in his performance and just the way he kind of reacts to things. Um, it's it's really consistent throughout the movie, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I don't know if other people felt that way towards him like while watching him from the beginning, but I really felt that in the beginning of the movie. And then my like intuition about who he was it just it unfo- his character was like unfolds so clearly in the rest of the movie and i just felt like he did a great job and his director must have done a really good job in doing mm-hmm. in creating that you know and so props to that i'm also really <laughs> curious to just like look into the making of this movie um i just watched it today so i haven't really had a chance but i'm just curious like it seemed very much like they shot this in that fucking river and like that these they, actors were really going down they did they some, shot it in the chattanooga ri- they shot it in the chattanooga river right but like um there's just some in stuff Apple- in here that seemed hard to fake <laughs> um oh yeah i know i was, was thinking like, like oh my god they really had to do some of this shit like yeah going in those waters i mean yeah i don't think that was fake i think no, and a lot i can only was... imagine like how much time they must how have been spending in that was... water because like well, I've been on shoots before where you've had like people have had to jump into freezing cold water at 6 a.m. in the morning, like in a freaking forest for a commercial. Like, yeah, for well, that. Just... And if they're doing that for a commercial, imagine what movies sometimes must do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it must have been pretty intense. I'm sure they had to like learn a lot about how to be in that kind of wilderness. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I'm, I, but, and I'm also, kind of by the way, about it. I think I might, okay, I don't know if I'm told, I, I could be wrong about this, but I vaguely recall hearing a fun fact that the kid who plays the banjo in the beginning, he's like a local that was really from that area hmm. that they found. I, I <laughs> like, don't he's know. real. <laughs> um, um, a lot of those people, I think, were real, like that they were actually from that 
area. Um, um let's see. He grew up in Georgia. He is an actor though. Oh, the kid? Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so he's not real. Oh. Or maybe he became real after that movie. I don't know. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's not looking good for you. <laughs> okay, but here's mind. what I will say. Um uh I don't speak the film, on this show. The the film I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, it says the film is infamous for cutting costs by not ensuring the production <laughs> and having the actors perform their own stunts, most notably uh John John Voigt um climbed the, the, rock. the, the wow. cliff himself well but i will say about that i mean i there were certainly um like some, some kind some of trickery going on we can get into that yeah. that was kind of a scene that i was like <laughs> but right. i mean i'm sure he, he climbed a cliff for sure <laughs> it wasn't as treacherous as it seems in the movie though right no, uh, but regardless could, yeah. that's crazy that they didn't ensure the production though because yeah. I mean, even we insured our productions. Yeah, like, like you do that. Like you definitely do <laughs> you that these do days. That. <laughs> That's not right. something you skimp on. Because if something bad happens, you're gonna get sued. You know. No, and a movie like this is like filled with moments for. I mean, like opportunity for just things to go wrong. Yeah, it's crazy. Maybe I mean maybe it was just like a different time too. Like it wasn't so, I don't know, sue happy <laughs> or something. But uh, yeah, you would not want to do that these days. Um. Okay, should we get into spoilers, though? Sure. Um, so if you have not seen Deliverance um, and you care about spoilers, now's the time to tune out. Tune out. I'm just putting up a spoiler warning for people who are watching the stream. Um, yeah, so with spoilers, um, First, before we get to the ending, I wanted to, or and maybe another very pivotal <laughs> scene, I wanted to talk about that cliff scene just because we were just talking about it. Um, yeah. So John Voight, he climbs this cliff, uh, and it was like, at least to me, very clearly like shot day. They shot day for night, you know, and they just like put they they put like a night look on the sky and they just like mm -hmm. change the color correction oh to blue. yeah 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 uh -huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> i saw that mm -hmm. yeah and um, it almost makes it kind of look like an inverse Im image type of look yeah it was kind or, like, of like you're looking at a negative or something it was almost distracting to me i mean like the scene goes you know to interesting spots later on once he gets to the top and then is shaking as he's trying to shoot the dude um which i did love that and i love that kind of calling back to his trepidation about wanting to shoot the the deer early on which was an, another i don't know i was really into that really short sequence but i was really into it because it's just like you do feel for him you know you're like he's you can tell that he's in that moment yeah you, yeah you can tell that he's kind of like trying to be yeah he's like trying to kind of be like burt reynolds's character a little bit he's trying to like right. kind of show them that he can be a mountain man but like ultimately he's just that's just not who he is you know like he can't kill he's but just then not he become he has to be but it's almost like he he eventually has to he's going so they're all faced with some kind of trial or test in the movie i feel like all the characters you know what i mean and his is that he has to learn how to be a killer basically because from the beginning it's like he's i think that he sees it before him as a, as like an almost premonition in in burt reynolds character named lewis or whatever in the movie and he admires him 
mm-hmm. even though he's annoyed by him a little bit probably at first mm-hmm. because maybe in an internal way he knows that he's going to have to confront that in himself mm-hmm. or become that and um it's not something he's ever had to do in his life and they're all faced with these things they've never had to maybe do yet you know what i mean and so um it's just really interesting like the different trials that each of them has to confront and like he you know i mean again we're in spoilers so like Mm -hmm. the fact that he's he's almost faced with getting raped that ends up not being his trial you know what i mean that's Mm -hmm. not the thing that he ends up having to endure which is i mean interesting that you know the other character robert has to it's like almost like each one of their weaknesses becomes the thing that and i'm not saying that that the well it's like to me the guy robert who gets raped is like he's kind of the most like arrogant kind of not arrogant but kind of flippant and not thought he's like the least thoughtful one out of all of them is what it seems to me you know what i mean and while that may not equate to like having to be raped it's almost like he's the one who gets penetrated by these like extremely kind of um subpar kind of characters that are like you know they're kind of embodiments of like uneducated you know non you know just like base level kind of existences right or something Mm -hmm. like that and John Voight is like this extremely thoughtful person you know what I mean and so it's weird because he's like so much in his head I feel like and then the other and then you know they all have their different faults that I feel like they ultimately are going to be having to face somehow right Mm -hmm. and like Burt Reynolds' character is this overly confident you know seemingly wants to be Tarzan type of character but is also aware of sort of the dangers but then he himself it's like he's like the strongest kind of leader like figure in the beginning of the movie but then he becomes injured wounded and almost like a child by the end of the movie you know what I mean where he can't Mm -hmm. do anything but it's interesting because his role as the leader gets passed on to John Voight's character who doesn't seem to be a leader at first but he recognizes like the leadership that he needs to acquire internally you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and it's just really cool how he really does kind of have to embody that it's like he doesn't choose it it like almost chooses him you know but then he like does it in a way with flying colors (laughs) I don't know but but he does it without without pride you know I think that John that that Burt Reynolds's character is prideful you know and that kind of like defeats him in a way and maybe robert's character's like sin or flaw is what would his be like wait is robert the one who gets raped who's the one who yeah Mm -hmm. robert well i was thinking more when you were talking about how he uh that maybe his fault is like thoughtlessness but i thought it was more like uh he's disinterested in um because what's that line that he says when they're he's like he's like please don't yell at me (laughs) um right like i was i was being yelled at all day and and i just i don't want to have to deal with that today yeah like like, he takes he doesn't 
respect the land. He doesn't respect. He's he the, has no respect for anything. He's just he's like kind the of the most city boy of all of them. Like they get called city boys at one point. Right. And I feel he's like he of, really represents sort of like this guy who's really just there to kind of vacation, you know, and he wants right. he wants to just go and he wants to have this experience in more of like a bubble and he doesn't want right. the stuff that comes with it, which is like nature. <laughs> yeah, he like, has no uh, interest you know. in, no interest in connecting with the land or respecting it or, or understanding it. So he's but then he's forced into like submission and then he does kind of become humbled, but then he doesn't, he's, he never becomes a leader. You know what I mean? Like he never evolves into like a leadership role. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like by the end of the movie, it's like John Voight clearly still doesn't trust him to make any decisions or like speak on their behalf. You know what I mean? It's like, he still kind of remains in this sort of not very intelligent state, but at least he does, I think acquire some humility you know what I mean whereas I think from the beginning of the movie he doesn't have that respect you know mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean on that I rape scene I, I knew that there was a rape scene in this movie uh, but even knowing that it was still really shocking and like yeah. still to it's this so day disturbing. very disturbing and like hard to watch um it's weird because it's like they don't really talk about it very much afterwards. Yeah, and like it really he, does kind of come and go. <laughs> I kept thinking to myself, like he, so after the rape scene happens, he's like rolling in the mud and he's covered in filth, and then they just like get dressed really quick, and he, and I'm thinking, like rinse yourself off in the river, don't you still <laughs> have like semen in your asshole that. right now? Like this guy just well, came. Well, we don't know butt. that he, we don't know that he came. <laughs> what? What do you mean? He just, he totally came. Are you kidding me? He like fucked him and then he was done. Could have just been a few pumps. You don't think that he, oh, he came. Come on. Why would he stop if he didn't come? I don't know. Just to sort of, you know, do his (laughs) business. (laughs) I like, I don't know. I don't know how uh, turned on necessarily he was. I think it's more of like a power play. You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. Right. I guess that makes sense. But I just assumed he came and like. Even if he didn't come, like, don't you want to get the pre-cum out of your butthole? Like, after this, like, toothless <laughs> dog? Like, well, he wasn't toothless. But, like, I would think you would want to just, like, rinse your shit off in the river. And I don't just, think like, that was one of his top on. concerns at that moment. Well, I would I mean, he's in that. a state of trauma for sure. Um, I know, but it was, like, well, it's true. Yes, he must have been traumatized. But then afterwards, it was, like... Though, what does he say? He says something that... Because, um, yeah, I mean, it, they really don't discuss it at all um and he says i guess makes some sense like maybe he just can't you know what i mean but you don't i i guess i didn't really fully get the sense that he was like in a state of trauma in the same way that john voight's character was like john voight's character is clearly affected by all the things that have happened you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that are kind of still happening whereas robert's character he's affected obviously and then he doesn't want to talk about it but then he's able to kind of carry on in this sort of facade of like yeah you know existing coexisting in society like towards the end of the movie when he's having dinner with all those people he's able to at least converse you know what i mean and pretend and be present whereas john voight is like you know understandably in a state of just <laughs> dysfunctionality mm-hmm. you know and um i think it's implied well, though that, that he was... obviously is still traumatized but he's dealing with it in a different way but yeah i, do wanna, I don't know it's just i do want to talk about that ending though since yeah we kind of came to it 
because yeah. um, that was honestly my biggest problem with with the movie. I felt like okay. it was very strange that the movie did not end <laughs> after they got out of the river. Um, mm-hmm. To they, me, kinda, yeah, like they they get out of this river. I did not like check the time or anything, so I just assumed that like when they were you know getting the ambulance, when they found that church or whatever that uh you know that we were probably going to see them get into the ambulance we were going to kind of know that everything was okay or whatever and maybe just get like one quick little glimpse at their normal life potentially maximum i was not prepared for it to go on for another like 15 minutes with what i kind of found to be a little bit like meandering kind of it didn't really end up feeling very consequential at all because like we learned that they're starting the police are starting an investigation but and and they're obviously suspicious of them but that it doesn't result in anything uh, other investigation at least and so then they're free to go i thought that maybe it was going to go in the in the direction of like um that they found something but then they had so then they had to explain that this was like in self-defense or something or because ultimately i don't feel like what they did was you know a bad thing (laughs) i know but you know okay i think that the whole like deliberation about whether they should turn in the dead body of the guy that they killed Mm -hmm. the guy who raped robert or whatever Mm -hmm. wait was it yeah um well that was addressed i think in the end because like okay they're doing this investigation and burt reynolds you know he points out like okay if we turn this body in we're gonna be faced with a jury full of the relatives of this guy who are gonna like gonna find us guilty you know what i mean and then but w- but would they i mean guilty character- of what of um who cares defense the point like that the land where there it's like lawless you know what i mean and there's not yeah. going to be justice and like and i think um that was implied so i think that there's still this question of like when you're out in the middle of nowhere kind of what does what does law mean what does it matter like what the law states because ultimately when you're in a place where it's just so kind of removed from city life or you know society people do things that they decide the law. You know, people decide what they want to decide. And so or whatever. I don't well, know. I'm just guessing well, I, it. But but I get them um but, go ahead. But then let me just finish cuz I think that they do I mean, I agree that it felt like a little meandery at the end and that it did feel kind of like okay, they're they're like throwing in all this stuff, but the last I think is like very, the last scene when the cop kind of they don't find anything in the river and you almost get the sense so there's like two cops or there's like an investigator and then there's a sheriff that are on the site and the investigator's like these guys are hiding something Mm -hmm. and the sheriff's like we got nothing on them you know yeah and um i'm not sure i mean it's implied but i get i'm guessing that the investigator who thought that they had been hiding something he seemed to be actually like from somewhere else like a city or something to me like i got the feeling that he was not like from there whereas you get the sense that the sheriff is from there you know mm-hmm. and the sheriff is the one who's like we got nothing on him we can't hold him and so at the in the last scene the sheriff goes up to john voight and he's like just a curiosity why did you have four you know life vests or whatever he questions them and then he looks at him and he kind of implies that he knows something was up 
but he yeah. lets them go and he's like i never want you guys to come back here i'd like to see this d- town die peaceful well i guess i liked that line that was the that only was, line in the, in the whole 15 minute yeah. uh way too long coda <laughs> that i <Right>. enjoyed <laughs> but what i think that was impl- implying was that in a way so like Burt Reynolds was right you know what I mean is like this guy is probably related or connected to these people he knows what kind of people they are mm-hmm. but he also knows that there's probably shit about you know that could surface if they did find the bodies about those people that would be very incriminating to them you know what I mean and so maybe he just didn't want anything to come up and he was willing to let them go to like you know keep stuff under the table that wouldn't have been good for anyone you know what I mean and so it was I think it was still kind of like asking the questions that came up but also showing us that like maybe they did make the right choice you know what I mean by kind of oh they certainly made the right choice though but I feel like all that could have just been implied I feel like it there already was enough information in the movie for me to feel like Sure. Yes, absolutely. They should cover this up. <laughs> like I, I feel like they already made their case for that when they were discussing the bo- body, like what to do with the body. They were like, "This land, you know, like we we should we should just cover this up and and just pretend that this never happened." Like I feel like well, maybe already... they were trying to keep the question mark. Maybe they were trying to keep the question going because it was like Drew's character dies because he thinks that they are, you know, going against the law, which is like something he f- firmly believes in. You know what I mean? Like. He believes right. that the law will protect the land and the law will protect humankind, you know, but it's it's basically like logic versus reason or not. It's like it's intel. I guess it's kind of like learned intelligence versus visceral like reason and, and understanding if, or something like that. Or I don't if, know if the goal is to wrap up his story with a sort of like that isn't the case. And he knows no, it I now. Think, I feel like I that think maybe they were done without no. Oh, sorry. But I think that they were trying to keep that question intact. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe they weren't saying they did make the right choice, but they were saying it's still a question mark because they didn't definitively say, like, oh, you would have been, like, you know, that they definitely would have been convicted of murder if they would have gone on trial. Yeah. But like, there were still these two opposing sides. You know what I mean? But by not definitively saying it, I feel like they could have also not definitively said sure. it and ended 10 minutes earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, I <laughs> you know, know what, what I mean? Saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nothing really came out of it that was definitive, it felt like, why not just end it ambiguously when they leave, like, I agree. When they leave the river, you know? Cause I agree. It seemed like that would have been a... That, mm-hmm. Like, for to, to see him, like, wake up uh, with trauma from, you know, like, they, they clearly are still dealing with it. Like, he's crying at the table in that one scene. And then later on, he's with uh, the other guys with his wife. And then like, and then he's like, grieving. These are all the things night. we could like have known have assumed, without having yeah, seen them. Yeah, like I think we would have guessed that they would have been traumatized by this. I don't think we need to like see it play out. I hear you. I and I think it was like it seemed almost like footage that they shot that they should have just not used, but then <laughs> yeah. they just used it. You know what I mean? Like plus, like it was probably, I also because the movie was so surrounded by that river it felt like the moment we left that river it felt like we were out of the main of the main thrust of this story and it just right. i felt like the quicker didn't... you could wrap it up after that the better and it and they kind of stumbled to the finish line in my opinion i think that that would be the main flaw of this movie is just like the last 10 minute like an unnecessary extended ending that mm-hmm. but i'm totally able to forgive that because i just think it doesn't matter like yeah i mean it's still great i think it's just like <laughs> as a portrait of a film like 
it's true it would look better without those last like 10 minutes mm-hmm. it would have just been a complete image that would have been like perfect you know what i mean but i can worse yet probably would have been had the ending had some sort of major conclusive bombshell because then that yeah. also would feel kind of forced you know right um but yeah it just feels like it almost just feels like no matter what you do after the the river it's gonna feel like too much you know mm-hmm. Because it, it and it just seems so, so perfect to, to end it with the river. Like yeah. <clears throat> it just felt so. Yeah, like to leave all those things just unspoken. Mm-hmm. It feels like way more appropriate to the rest of the movie because of the space that was in it before, where you you don't have to put into words what's going on. You just really feel yeah. it, you know. And plus, you said earlier <laughs> too, as the audience, we're already going to be mulling over these fake events that happened in our fake little movie. <laughs> so we assume that the real people in this, you know, if this was real, would of course be thinking about it as well. Like, if we're thinking about it, then these characters would have been thinking about it. And I, and I think that's the main thing it was trying to get across is just like they're traumatized. And I'm just like, I think we know that. <laughs> Well, it's but, also yeah. just like, it's a crazy, I mean, there were a few foreshadowy lines like in the beginning that I just thought were so great. Like, um, well, when Burt Reynolds says something like, sometimes you have to lose yourself to find anything or something mm. like that. Oh yeah, that and was cool. And they do, they all end up losing kind of, they all transform to some degree by the end or have to go undergo some really intense loss or trial, you know? <clears throat> and, um, well, that was good. <laughs> but in terms of like the way things happen, like I just felt the rape scene happens in such a kind of sudden way because it's like one minute they're just they pull over and then there's these two guys that show up and they don't really seem that scary at first, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like talking to them and and then yeah. it gets and then suddenly it just like starts getting intense. You know what I mean? But it's like not. I love that there's no music really happening in this moment or right before, you know, it just, it's totally just, it feels very natural, you know, and, Mm -hmm. but terrifying in that way. And it's just, I just felt like that was a really well executed scene and it's just so, it's so hardcore, you know? I think my mind did. Without trying too hard to be hardcore. What? Yeah. I think my mind did in that scene go to, just because of, uh, similar movies from the era like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's hard to not um, see like a group of hillbillies in a rundown home and think like danger, get out of there. You know, like I think there's this instinct with people who, you know, it's that horror movie instinct of like. But they're not. They're not a group of hillbillies. There's two guys, and they're in the woods. There's not a house. It's just one of them has a gun, and the other one is just talking to them and. Yes, okay, you do sense that they're, like, not the savoriest of people, but, like, just the way they're talking to each other and the way they're talking to them at first, it doesn't... They, they almost seem like they can be reasoned with. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, in the same way in the beginning, you're like, all right, well, they're, like, talking to these guys and they're paying them to go bring their car over. And I thought those were the guys that were going to come and rape Because <laughs> I forgot. I forgot what happened. I was like, oh, they're that seems so stupid to give 40 bucks to these random guys that you've never met before and expect them to drive your car somewhere you know Which what I they mean? do like, i was shocked no, I, I, I know like they the, do. That, that they act that that actually does unfold in the way that yeah. you kind of you anticipate that that's going to be the thing that kind of fucks them over um yeah. and that really isn't that kind of actually does right. work out <laughs> the yeah. one thing that does work out for them yeah so it's just like i guess unpredictable 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was unpredictable. I don't know. But like, but yeah, and so that's why. Also, just thought it was like so creepy and and well executed again when he finally has to kill the guy who had the shotgun. You know, on the cliff when yeah. John Voight is on the cliff, and he for a minute like doesn't know if it's actually the same guy and we as the viewer don't know either we were like wait is that the same guy because he has teeth mm-hmm. and he kind of looks a little different and then you see that his teeth are fake <laughs> i just thought yeah. that was excellent like and well it's also interesting because john voight needs to justify like why he killed this guy in his mind you know with the fact that okay if it was a different guy it wouldn't have been okay but if it was but the thing the thing was was that this guy had a gun you know what i mean and he was going to kill him <laughs> regardless if it was the same guy or not so it's just i mean yeah well i guess I they know. were kind of implying that it could have been a hunter because remember he the the other guy said like are you sure it wasn't just a hunter that was up there i mean we well, we we know for sure that it wasn't but but think- even if it was a hunter he still was pointing the gun at him Right, like they basically shot each other at the same time. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and and so, I mean, it's it's interesting to consider what what on what basis it's okay or like morally correct for John Voight's character to kill something or someone, you know, and mm-hmm. on what basis it's not okay. And maybe they're trying to like get you to think about that too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, but, uh, I, I think we should probably wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um, we're approaching yeah. eleven. Um, but I Fun mean, movie to I, talk about though. Totally. Yeah. I mean, this was I, it has been on my list for so long, and I keep forgetting about it for so many years. So it was. Uh, I'm glad it was you nice requested it. it. Yeah, I just like randomly thought of it. I was like trying to think of movies from the past that I still have not managed to see, and this is. Uh, finally one that bubbled to the surface when I thought that. <laughs> it's funny, I told Anton, I was like, I need to watch Deliverance tonight. So, And he was like, oh man, I've seen that. I was like, well, I've seen it too, but I'm doing it for Totally Tell Me. And I start watching it, um, and then he was like, oh, just start it, I'll go take a shower, whatever. <laughs> and then we start. he saw me starting it, and we were both watching it, and he's like, oh man, this is good. I was like, yeah, it's really good. He's like, all right, just pause it. I'm going to go take it out. And he basically <laughs> ended up wanting to really want to, wanting to watch the whole thing because it's freaking good. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jared Floyd, you just uh, commented, sorry for clogging up your comment section. Don't apologize. I mean, I, I, I'm, I am reading everything you're writing. I just, we, we weren't really able to, to get to it. But uh, Jared shared a, uh, a, a crazy story of, of, uh, when he went to a heavy metal guy's house um, and kind of like was learning about what Deliverance was before he saw it, um, so you can you can read about that on the Facebook comments if you're interested. Um, Wait, so Jared L. Floyd is from the South? Yeah, he's from the South. Uh, what part? Of, what? Where are you from in the South? Um, let us know in a comment. I'm not sure if you mentioned specifically where you're from. Um, he's. I see that he said every time I talk to someone who isn't from the South, their first impression of the people where I live is either Deliverance. Or that one episode of the X Files, and then he said, "Which unfortunately isn't that far from the truth." But <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know seen I the think one so. From the X Files. <laughs> Do you know what he's talking about with with the X Files? Not, not specifically. I mean, I watched the show in, 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 incrementally. Mm. Well, I mean, I wasn't that addicted to that show as a kid. But he says a Kentucky. Here there. By the way. Oh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> 
yeah i think this certainly seared a memory into um into the culture really of of what hillbillies are or like you know that there's something to be feared for sure i mean it certainly is like the hillbilly movie i feel like that people talk about well it definitely makes you think like don't get stuck in no backwoods type shit hell no <laughs> like when we've been on out. tour when we whenever we're on tour and we're like driving through the really really rural backwoodsy kind of areas i'm always like dude this is a deliverance situation if i haven't yeah. done seen one well yeah and then if <laughs> we're in the I northwest if we're in the northwest we say that it's a uh it's a green room situation <laughs> oh, could be but like it's funny i mean there's those kind of towns everywhere <laughs> you know yeah. backwoods kind of places i mean in all in pretty much every state i've been to there's always areas where it feels like anything is possible mm -hmm. um, well look deliverance obviously we both recommend it um check it out i watched it on amazon prime so you can find it on there if you're having trouble you did uh yeah where did you For watch free? it no, 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 not for free. Oh, I was okay. just saying, like, oh, I, I watched it on YouTube. Oh yeah. Oh, did you buy it or? I did. <laughs> okay, good because I hate yeah. watching like YouTube. No, I bought. Yeah, yeah, terribly yeah. No, compressed no. movies. Um, no, no, it's great. It's still very available, which is good. But sometimes, like you, you, I don't know. I was trying to find um, Wild at Heart by David Lynch. That movie's impossible yep. to find. You can't. It's like on nothing. <laughs> Really? It's so lame. I've never seen it, and I've like been dying oh, to see that. it. Uh, but you can't that find. That used it to be on IFC a lot. That's so weird. Oh. But I just mean like some some movies they just get lost to history because of our reliance on on streaming networks, which is like uh -huh. really a shame. Um, yeah. Anyways, Deliverance though still very much available. <laughs> um, I would also like to just briefly mention too that on Wednesday night. Um, there's going to be a virtual concert of Toon Yards that I directed. Uh, so if you are free, you should definitely check it out. Um, you can buy tickets at noonchorus.com slash tune-yards. Um, so, you know, get a ticket. Uh, I promise you it will be worth it. It's tons of fun. It's crazy. It's wild. Um, I'm really proud of it. And it'll be available for uh, 72 hours after it airs. And then that's it. So you got to, you know, you got to get get on it. Um, so it'll be at, I believe it's 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, if you want to watch it live and be a part of the Q&A with uh, Meryl and Nate afterwards. Um, so tune in for that. Um, and I think that's going to that's going to do it. Gonna All right, us. guys. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you at the next episode. Yep. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back in, in two weeks, which, uh, let me just check a calendar here, puts us at... Oh, actually, uh, I was going to talk with you off-air about this, but I'll just talk with you <laughs> on-air. Uh, I think we should probably push to May 16th instead of the 9th. Oh, could be tough. Oh, could be tough? I might be able to do it. I'm okay. going to be in L.A., but uh, maybe it'll be I can do it. Okay, just because the, the 9th is Mother's Day. Okay, never mind. Because uh, that's when we're currently scheduled to have one. And I'm oh, okay. also going to be out of town All right, let's until not do the that. evening. All right. We'll figure it out. So very likely we'll be back May 16th with our with our next episode. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Scott West says, good show. Thanks, Scott. Um, and we'll be back shortly. Bye, everybody. Bye.